Hey, you're listening to Melissa Unscripted, and we want you to know we love our listeners. We especially love when they send us ideas for new episodes they like to hear, and when they subscribe so they don't miss an episode. So share your ideas, hit the subscribe button, and keep listening. Good afternoon, Queen of Greensboro. That's right, man. Don't say that on the podcast. It's a little bit too, you know. We don't want to be all that. That's just between us and Florida. Queen of North Carolina is better. <laughs> Glenn, where are you from? I've never even asked you that. I'm, I'm originally from New York City. I was born in Brooklyn, and I moved to Arkansas when I was 12. Wow. wow. Ouch. That's a culture like, shock. Yeah, yeah. Actually, I don't think I've ever recovered from it. <laughs> <laughs> that's a little bit of a difference shout out to arkansas <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> arkansas. I, I don't yeah, think I mean, that's ever what? been brought up on this podcast no. that state no. No. well uh, yeah I, I was uh you know but that's where i got decidified like that's where i was like you know what i can't live in the city yeah once you once you're out and if you enjoy nature at all it's hard to go back it's it's good to visit though it's fun to visit mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so was that a, a was that a yeah. job transfer for your dad or mom or something no well that you know that could be part of i'm thinking that's the direction we're going to go in today it's like I've, I've got a story that i think is interesting that i think we can kind of circle around because it's like okay you know you know my childhood was like it was actually tough you're listening to Melissa Unscripted, the show that brings you tips, tales, and the truth about the real estate world. I'm your host, Dave Wilson, and with me always is the coachable Melissa Greer. So we are so excited today to have on our podcast my real estate coach, um, Glenn Stein, who lives in Florida, but we have regular conversations and we've met He's with Tom Ferry, which is a national coaching company, and this will be interesting. We've we've talked about this a lot on our coaching calls. That this will be a fun exercise for us is to do a podcast. Now, Dave yeah. has to be on it with us, unfortunately, but <laughs> we'll, we'll read him in and we'll figure out we'll figure out how to make him be appropriate for our conversation. <laughs> okay. Love it, love it. Well, I guess what really I mean started the conversation having you on here was because you had somebody who you mentored on here. Exactly. And you were like, everybody needs a mentor, even somebody as successful as the, well, I'm not going to say it, no. somebody as successful as Melissa. <laughs> well, you even, know, I've always felt, and this is my new thing for this year, is you're only as good as the middle. You can't judge yourself on the best you do or the worst you do, I think. So that's why I think, but that's why you need a mentor. Please don't judge me on my worst. I can't. Well, I know your worst. <laughs> yes. Actually, I judge you in a really good way for a different reason. <laughs> no, I'm just Dave and I have fun. But no, so that's why I think that's an important piece of this is that you always know you can do better. You, you never, of course, if you know me, you know I never think that I'm all that. <laughs> and I just feel like every day I'm just trying to do it better. So having a coach or a mentor has always been really a primary objection for me. So... So I'm interested to hear the story you were talking about, Glenn. So the, the story basically is, uh, you know, when I first started, uh, when, well, actually, number one, when I was uh, growing up, uh, there were times in my life where I was like, there, I was homeless. Uh, oh, my, I never had a dad. Uh, my dad uh, you know, was never around, so I didn't, I didn't grow up with a dad or a male model figure in, in, you know, for, for any length of time, the, the, the big thing is, is like, you know, went through a lot of stuff when I was a kid, but I think the bottom line is really, nobody really cares. 
like well, except for you like you know and I think you, <laughs> we well, yeah besides but, the people but, who love you yeah but you know even even then i mean they don't really know they haven't gone through the experiences they don't understand like so what that taught me was like okay first of all you know don't have any excuses right like don't have right. any excuses about about anything you're going through and then you know on top of it also have some empathy for other people because you never know what they went through yeah, I think that's why Glenn and I bonded initially because I was hard to place in this coaching program. I was like, I was the last, I was the last option. He was the last one standing, <laughs> and then thank goodness it worked. But but no, we talked a little bit, and and through everything, it's like empathy is something we share for others, and that drives us in our business. I think, and I've had tough times while while I've been one of his coaching clients. And Glenn's always, well, it's never, oh, uh, yeah, that's awful. It's always, well, how can, what can we do? How can we fix that? What can we do? You're going to be fine. And it, it's amazing because when you have someone like that, and now, honestly, I didn't know your story. I don't know every detail of it. You're, it reminds me of, um, I took, I do, and I get, we get off on tangents, Glenn, so you'll have to bear with us, but, but I, um, yeah, we do. I took a grief recovery class just cause mm. at some, at some point in time, one of my many <laughs> counselors suggested, I can't remember who. So anyway, I did it. And one thing I learned is they teach you that when you're trying to console someone who's gone through something the worst thing to say is I know how that feels because you don't, you didn't have the relationship. You didn't have mm -hmm. the same situation. You may have lost a parent, but you didn't lose their parent, you know? Yes. And so I really, that stays with me. So what you just said about, it's not that no one cares. It's not that no one understands, but you're right. If they didn't walk in your shoes, they really don't know. Mm -mm. No, well, no. Every, everybody looks at things and that, you know, that's life. I mean, we can have that conversation yeah. about, you know, what, you know, the wars in the world and politics and all the things that are happening in this country right now. I mean, everybody has, they look at life through a different lens because they've had different experiences and we just got to understand that. Yeah. And, and living through trauma or living through, you know, a hardship, I think it causes one of two things, either causes you to, to get cold and locked down or have empathy. Um, and that empathy, I think, is is, is what makes better, makes us better human beings if we can not, you know, tighten up and get hard. And, and... Well, Dave, you're going to live happier. Yeah, for sure. You're going to live a happier life. I mean, if you're not understanding, you don't understand why people are this way. You know, mm -hmm. we all know people like over, you know, people that are stomping their feet and are complaining. You know, first of all, that's not going to do any good. You're not solving anything. So you're just in complaint mode. You know, and, and by the way, it's very, very much like what we're seeing in real estate as well, going full circle, um, you know, with tight inventory. You know, there's a lot of people that are complaining, oh, there's no inventory, there's no inventory, and they're not doing anything about it. So they're not trying to create some inventory or, or you know, I think what's interesting, and it is true, and I feel like that I went and I, it might have been a Tom Ferry's conference it might have been something else where someone said something that always stuck to me and they said you can either be a victim or a player yeah, and, right. and i've always felt like being a player is better <laughs> and even yeah so, it's so much it's yeah. so much fun you, it's need fun. Bumper, you need a bumper sticker yeah and even i mean well that that's that doesn't bode well for me in every aspect of my life but definitely in this one but it is funny because you think about it and sometimes something will happen to because people who know me real well know how I'm extremely sensitive, too sensitive. 
but I'll even, I've got a good friend who's my barometer and I'll say, am I being a victim? Should this hurt my feelings or should it, do I need to shake this off? You know, and it's interesting because I'm constantly, even if something hurts me, I still worry that I don't want it to. I don't want to be a victim. I want to turn it into something that I can create a positive. And that's, that sounds like, I mean, if you could change anything, Glenn, about your childhood at this point in your life, would you? I wouldn't change anything. You know, yeah. I think I, I've, I've looked at it and, you know, and I've, I've actually, you know, taken some notes where I'm putting together a book on this because it's like, you know what, if I didn't have it this way, I wouldn't have the mental toughness to help the people that I'm helping right now. Because, you know, people are going through situations. Melissa, you've gone through a lot of stuff. Dave, you've gone through things. Everybody's gone through uh, tough situations. And for me to do what I do and helping people, you know, from the broker standpoint, from the coaching standpoint, from my family standpoint, you know, if you don't have mental toughness, life is hard. Life is really hard. And I think going through what I went through, you know, creates, it just kind of calluses you up and you kind of, you know, would you, you know, would I wish for something else? I mean, that's not even a, you know, wishing for things to be different is not, uh, that doesn't even cross my mind, mm -hmm. you know, maybe when I was a kid, but yeah, at this point I'm like, I'm happy I went through it. Cause I'm like, anything that happens now, it's easy. Yeah. And it made you it's who you matter. are. I mean, it made you yeah. who you are. Now, you, yeah. now you, you brought this up, the book. Now we always do like to help and, and Glenn's busy. He probably, I don't know how, how, if he even has any openings for coaching clients, but tell us your books because you're a published author. And if we can help anyone who takes the time to Wait, hang on. Should we, should we be asking for a, um, Oh, a sponsorship? A sponsorship for his book. I don't first. know. I'm just I kidding. Don't know about <laughs> Glenn, if, you, if you can get us a Tom Ferry sponsorship now, we might be talking. Absolutely. We might be talking. It's interesting. So not many people know this about me, but, you know, I've had some surgeries over the years, which has been challenging. But one thing, Glenn, when I shared it with him and what I'd been through, he said, you don't share that story enough because it, it could be inspirational for people to know that you can overcome things and still be okay. And I never really looked at it that way. So I thank Glenn for that. I mean, I thank you now, but it was really a different way to look at things again with that. Don't be a victim. Just say, you know, this gives me some toughness. This makes me know I'll be okay. No, no but I, th I think a big thing on that point, Melissa, like, like telling your story is not, it, it's really not, it's kind of like being, unselfishly selfish and what i mean by that is like you know you're going to sound like you're a little bit selfish and like oh look at me i've overcome this but really you know i think something that occurs a lot and I, i've seen this a lot in coaching sessions and just you know interacting with people you know people don't understand they they think that they're the only ones that have gone through something like they think True. right like oh my gosh like this happened to me and they and they look at themselves like poor me like I can't believe this is happening to me. Like it's never happened to anybody else. But if they were to hear, you know, hear that, you know what? Oh my gosh. You know, Melissa went through this or Glenn went through this right. or Dave and has gone through yeah. this. It's like, Oh, okay. You're like somebody else has gone through it somehow makes people feel a little bit better. Like I'm not the only one that's suffering here. Like other people have too. Somehow that makes people feel better. And it's so funny because when it's, I compare it to people who say, well, I'm sure you don't want to deal with this property because it's well below what your price point probably is. And I'll say, 
I have some really good marketing people. <laughs> but <laughs> I said, I said my price point is anywhere from zero to this, mm. and I want to give the best service to any person, no matter what the price point is. But it, the perception is they see you in a certain way, and they would never. A lot of people would never think that they don't know. You know I list. Yeah, I listed two condos last week that were between one and one fifty, and and I love doing that. So it's like the the challenges that we have if we if we don't speak of them, you're that's you're right. It's the same sort of thing. If you don't speak of them, it doesn't inspire people to realize they can get over their challenges. And that's when that's kind of how we even started this whole conversation about having a coach. Is you were you know she, you know Rachel was talking about having a mentor, and then you're like, well, I had to have one too. I have I one still too. Have one. I have a coach. I mean, we have a business coach too. I actually too, need so. one more now than yeah. ever. <laughs> <laughs> I do too. Oh my god. Well, you know, so, look at some of the most famous people in the world. I mean, they they all had business coaches. I mean, you know, Tony Robbins has coached some of the most famous people. He's had to coach, you know, Bill Clinton during the whole Monica Lewinsky thing. That was something that he helped Bill Clinton with afterwards. Um, you know, Kobe Dave, Bryant. Dave would have liked that job. What's that? Dave would have liked that job. Yeah. <laughs> Let's not touch that one. Let's... <laughs> All right. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> I'm keeping my mouth shut. All right. Good. <laughs> what did, well, you were saying something about Kobe Bryant. Well, yeah. Kobe. You know, it's like, you know, Kobe Bryant, Michael Jordan, some of the best players in the world couldn't accomplish what they really wanted to accomplish, which is like winning championships without great coaches. So, you know, we, we know, and actually both players, by the way, earlier on in their career, they weren't performing the way they could have, and they weren't winning championships until, you know, in, in Michael Jordan and Kobe Bryant's case, it was Phil Jackson, but, you know, having, having a great coach and we're seeing that, you know, I don't know if there's any basketball fans out there, but you look at some of the, the, the teams that are playing right now, you know, I'm looking at like the Atlanta Hawks and the New York Knicks that haven't won anything in, you know, 50, 50 years. And they're playing really well right now because they've got really good coaching behind them. Is this the time that I say I used to wait tables on Michael Jordan? <laughs> no, yeah. This is, is this a good time to interject? Were you, were you the coach? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> you, you made him great? Well, it's so one of my, our CEOs, he's technically my boss. He loves to say, he loves to tell that story. But now I was very young. It was, I was a prodigy sort of in college, but five or whatever. But <laughs> no, I, when I waited tables at, Peppy's Pizza Den, it was right across. Now, we can't get a sponsorship from them because they're out of business. <laughs> but when I waited tables... It's the Pe theme this year. <laughs> I know, for real, no sponsorships because no one is going to sponsor us, but they will. But no, across uh, the dorms where the basketball players lived were was across, and we had all-you-can-eat nights every night, so the players came there and ate. And Michael Jordan always sat at the Ms. Pac-Man table with a date <laughs> away from the team. And he all, so I got to wait on him because I was the assistant waitress manager at the time. <laughs> I'm not bragging. I mean, I am, but anyway, um, that's proud. And that is on my resume. That's but the, um, the thing is, is he always tipped. None of the rest of them tipped. Mm. And if you think about it, it shows you something because who's the most successful of the, that whole team, obviously Michael Jordan. Mm -hmm. And he was the most empathetic of course, then I told that story to a friend of mine, and they said, no, nah, they just gave him more money. <laughs> they gave him more spending money. But either way, he is an impressive guy. But no, I, I, I understand what you're saying, because even 
when people go, when basketball players go to the NBA, they still have a coach. I mean, they don't just go play on their own yep. and not, yep. not do it. Yep. So. Yep. Now, how, how does a realtor find a coach? Like, how does anybody find a coach, really? Well, it, it, you know, it's pretty easy. I mean, you know, I, I'm with the Tom Ferry organization. I'm biased because, you know, Tom, I think Tom does the best job out of all the coaching companies. He's the number one uh, coaching company in the country right now. And actually, I was in Orlando uh, yesterday and uh, was at an event. And, you, you know, look, he's at the forefront at uh, finding different ways to actually find listings in a short inventory market. So you can find them, you know, Google, like how we find everything is like, you know, you Google everything, you go to YouTube. Um, now, Glenn, don't give away all our secrets in Greensboro because I might be using them. <laughs> And we, we really don't have any inventory here. It's amazing. That's everybody. That's everybody. Yeah. You know, nationally, you, you know. you're hearing that because I you think have even clients, worldwide. I mean, yeah. Do you have clients all over or just yeah. in the, no, yes, I, all over? The yeah. I, yeah. I've got clients, uh, Fairbanks, Alaska, Cayman Islands, New York City, Southern California, all the corners of the country. Do the Cayman Islands ones, do they need me to come like I did to that group yeah, up in I, New York? I, I think 100%. <laughs> Let's work. We on should that. do a podcast there. Too. I think a podcast there. <laughs> yeah, she, she'd be. Carrie would love to have you over. And uh, they've got the same problems that we have. You know, inventory is an issue. Obviously, there too, because you know a lot of their uh, whatever happens here usually happens there just uh, six months later. I find it so interesting when I meet realtors that are international. It's just so it's so different, but yet it's always the same. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, it's the same. And, you know, they're oftentimes they're limited on how they can advertise and how they can procure clients. So it, it becomes it, it does get narrowed down to the very basics, which, you know, just massive connections with your with your people. Right. Like you're the people that, you know, your sphere, your past clients, like connect with those people. No, that's true. I mean, the, you always hear of a phrase called the, your sphere of influence. It's like. And, and I even, it's interesting, I try and keep everyone that I've ever sold a house to on the, the same database, and it never fails. I'll write an offer on a house that I thought, well, I sold that 20 years ago or 25 years ago. There's no way my clients listed with someone else. And, of course, they had, <laughs> you know. So it is shows you the importance of, you know, Tom Ferry said this at, at one of the first things I went. He said, no one, you never leave, no one leaves money on the table. So it always goes in someone else's pocket. Mm -hmm. So, and I remember that because just because you're losing business, doesn't mean that money's gone. Someone else is getting it. Yeah. And, and by the way, more than ever, it's really, really important that, that, I mean, that's a big target right now for my, for my clients because of all these, you know, the I buyers, all these companies that are advertising online. Uh, to bring in buyers and sellers so they can refer it out at higher percentages. Guess what? They're targeting our past clients and sphere. Mm -hmm. So we got to do a really good job as an industry, a better job in not getting lazy on that because that's exactly what's going on right now. And we try and educate. Like that's what um, Dave and I have tried to do somewhat is educate people on how our business works because the general public really doesn't understand it. Yep. No, that's true. They, th they think you're getting paid by the broker. You're getting a salary. 
That'd be, that would be nice. <laughs> you, wouldn't, you wouldn't be happy with a cell phone. No, I mean, I might just, I mean, just some gas money and maybe a cell phone. <laughs> and a car. We need to work that out in the next contract. And a company car. Well, I don't know if they'd pick out one that would like. <laughs> I'll have to be very a honest stipend. about that. Yeah, I would like a car allowance, please. When would you tell somebody, okay, you need a coach? Because not everybody's going to think they need a coach. Everybody may feel just fine. Some people may not even have thought of having a coach ever. Well, you know, I've noticed that the most successful people in general are going to be, you know, hungry, humble, and smart, right? They got to be motivated. You got to have, you got to inspire, you got to be inspired to do something more than what you're, you've got now. You know, you got to be smart where you're able to communicate with people and, and, and do some deals, but you also, you, you've got to be humble and humble to me is coachable. You know, do you have coachability? So the minute that you're saying that, you know, I don't know if I need a coach. Well, you probably don't. You're right. So whatever, you know, whatever's going on in your mind, um, you know, you're right. Like, okay, you're right. You don't need a coach because it won't work unless you are coachable and you're receptive and you're open enough to actually receive either, you know, constructive criticism or instruction or, you know, something that's going to be outside of yourself. It just doesn't work unless you're coachable. So definitely there. So if you, if, you know, the thought in your mind, like, oh, maybe I need a coach. But I, I think, I think the biggest thing is, is that if you're stuck, if you're in a rut, if you're seeing that, you know what, um, I'm stuck at a certain production level and you're frustrated with that, there's nothing wrong with being at a certain production level and being okay with that. If you're okay with that, it's perfectly fine. But if you're not okay with that, and you want more, that's, that's a thing. Or, you want more time or you're not happy with something that's going on in your business or your life. That's th- those are some of your clues that will tell you that you need a coach. Did you, did that's... you go look at all your notes from all our conversations? Cause I just heard, <laughs> I, mean, I, can, I, mean, I think I just Oops. heard the last four or five years of my life right there. <laughs> I could have saved you money and just had them on the podcast. That's from right, the get-go. That's right. I was serious. God. No, it is. So true. that's how we. Um, yeah. Sorry, that's how we ended up with our uh, business coaches. We got to the point where we were at capacity, and we need to rethink how to approach our business. You know, we were individuals as a company, and we were we've done everything we could. We were, like I said, at capacity, but we wanted to grow because we weren't happy with <clears throat> where we were. Right. So we hired a coach temporarily, and we've now had him for two years. <laughs> it's because like every milestone it's like okay we need this person again let's let's think through let's get it outside the best thing for us has been this outside objective voice that could say yeah you're thinking right or no you're crazy we've been told a couple of times no you're crazy you need to rethink this <laughs> and, and that's well, the thing david you know the, it, it hits you where like you are not happy with it and and i think you know for a lot of people look i, I I've got clients that it's not about more production. It might be more time. It might be just being happy. Like yeah. I, think, I think we have to look at that. It's just being happier with our lives is an important thing. And look, if you're happy, that's great, right? That's yeah, great. You're that's right. gr- it's okay. Like you don't have to be, you know, the mega producer or the, you know, ginormous corporation. Not everybody's going to be Apple. Not everybody's going to be Facebook, right? It's okay. So if you're happy with that, that's great. If you're not, you, and you said it, you're like, you know, dissatisfied, not happy with our growth. You wanted something more. That's your, that's definitely a clue. Yeah. And we were working too much. Like yeah. we were working all yes. the time without yes. seeing any difference in quality of life. Yes. And we knew we could grow. We just 
needed an outside voice to say, this is maybe the path, you know? So that was really cool. Yeah, 100%. I agree with Glenn that. Glenn helped me with that. When we first started yes. coaching, I was, I was looking for a balance. I've yet to find that. But what he did do is help me. Like, I, I really did say maybe, you know, he my, my price point needs to – I need to expand my price point a little bit. And then, you know, you helped me not completely focus on a higher market, but totally – May, like my numbers started changing just because I, you know, I do more luxury properties than I used to. And it does help. My problem is the more I do, the more I like to do. And that's not good. Well, you know, but that's your joy. That's your passion. You know, like, and there's nothing yeah. wrong with that. Like, I think some people are like, oh, you know, you may be overworking, you know, but look, if, if that's your thing, you know, you'd rather do this than watching Netflix and Tiger King or whatever's going to be on, well, on Netflix than <laughs> Hey. I mean, how can you not like Tiger King? <laughs> Sorry. I mean, Tiger King <laughs> reference here. Well, I think what's helped me in this is this past year, I've realized that I can, I'm passionate about what I do, but it's made me simplify my life a little bit where I do watch Netflix. I don't watch Tiger King. I just could never get into that, but <laughs> there's other things I like. And I do, I feel like if I, if I don't have some me time, it, I'm not good at what I do. Mm. And so there's a way I evolved into it where I do take time for myself and to have more downtime. And it's what it's taking away from is not necessarily building the business, but actually just, you know, there, I probably felt like I needed to do too much to do it. And it gives me a more relaxed feeling where I can stay in touch with clients. I and mean, you can do a lot of texting while you're watching Netflix. <laughs> well, this is true. I get a lot this of editing done. Yeah. Well, you, yeah, I get a lot of editing done yeah. when I'm watching Netflix. Well, you know, taking taking more time off, that's something that, that has been, I think, a, a big, big win for you, Melissa. It's like, you know, taking taking those breaks, you know, here and there it might just be a small break or it might just be a getaway into the mountains or, you know, you've got to have that that respite. you got to have that little bit of refresh. And sometimes it's not even getting away. It may, it may not be traveling. It may just be, I need an afternoon to myself. Let me do something interesting. Let me go to the park. Let me... Let me smell the flowers for a minute. It might be, it might be 30 minutes. It might be an hour of that. Maybe taking a walk or whatever that is for yeah. you. You got to have that to refresh, reset. Glenn coaches people who own companies. I mean, it's not yeah. just like, yeah. cause Brokers. I met the, this whole group from New York and he actually coaches the guy who owns the company. And then, you know, there's a guy who's in charge of the whole state of our company and, and he, Tom Ferry's his part. His yes. Yes. So there, so it's nice. I tell you what, I'm not leaving you cause I'm a relationship person. Glenn tried to get rid of me this weekend. It didn't work. <laughs> <laughs> it didn't work. It didn't work. He tried to, the, there's a new coach. who's really amazing. And she's kind of coaching big people. So he tagged me in this post. And of course I messaged her. <laughs> she could care less about me. But Glenn, Glenn loves good. me and there's, and I'll, I love that he does. I'll keep, I'll keep you. <laughs> I'm with you. And, you so know, anyway, uh, yeah. We, we got to talk about that for a second. That's interesting. Okay. Cause you know, you know, uh, in my mind, so I'm going to, I'm going to ring my bell for a second, but I don't Go really want it. to. And I think, but, but here's, it. here's the important thing about when you're looking for a coach. And by the way, I'm not even looking for clients, but when you're, when you're looking for a coach, you're looking for somebody that, you know what, they're looking out for your best interest. And I spotted an opportunity that I thought was fabulous for Melissa. And if it meant that she would have to move 
out of my schedule into someone else's schedule. And if it was going to be for her benefit, I was okay with that. And I'm super excited. She's not going anywhere. So it's like, that, that's really like, like either way is going to be okay. Right. Like I think somebody who's really dedicated to your growth and it's not about them. It's definitely about you, the client. And that's, well, I think you, I think you hit on yeah. the, the most important thing of finding the coach is finding somebody who really cares about your success or the goals that you have. Yeah. And they, I'm oh, sorry. And they, they care to the point where it's, that's really their goal, no matter how you get yeah. there. You're, yeah. Yes. And you're like-minded. And we're like-minded. And I think your coach needs to share your value system. And, like, I couldn't have a coach that didn't have empathy and didn't feel like that was a driver for business. And and not that there aren't others, which Glenn has taught me so many others that I've got to go because I've got some appointments. i go, I got to go try and establish some inventory here. And so, i got to go chill in your backyard. Say, listen to Dave. So Dave might need a coach, Glenn. All right, let's talk. But no, so again, thank you, Glenn Stein, my favorite coach. Yeah, this was a great conversation. <laughs> Big and coach. only Big coach. coach. <laughs> Same to you. Take care and thank you so much. You got it. Yeah, Take thanks. And thank you, everybody, for joining us today. Check the notes for any books that Glenn's written. Dave and I have not written. Re- re- we have not written a book yet. And I won't. <laughs> and you wouldn't want to read it if we did. <laughs> Melissa Unscripted is produced by Tiger Moth Creative, helping businesses and nonprofits leverage the power of their story. Find links and show notes at melissagreer.com. And so you'll never miss a show, subscribe to us on Spotify, iTunes, or wherever you find your favorite podcast. And make sure you give us a good rating. That's it for now. See you next time.